Welcome to the Ginghamsburg Podcast. After today's message, take a second to download the Ginghamsburg app. It's the best way to find out about and engage with what's happening at Ginghamsburg. We hope the following message helps you activate your faith and take the next step in your journey with Jesus. Hi again. Uh, my name is, is Fitz, uh, and I'm the family ministry pastor here at Ginghamsburg Church. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be sharing the preaching duties today with our middle school specialist, Jaden Groppy. Uh, yeah, give him some love. A couple of reasons. One, he's just an awesome, energetic man of God, great communicator, uh, but also it allowed me to use the word duties in a sentence, and uh, it's a funny word. I'm still a middle school boy at heart. Anyway, um, it'll be funny to some of you later. You'll go, oh, I get it. Anyway, last week was Easter. That was pretty awesome. Uh, if you were here, it was a great thing to be a part of. Uh, the worship was incredible. The message was fantastic. And we got to baptize 24 individuals that week and two more confirmation. Yeah, yeah, celebrate new life and resurrection. That was incredible, uh, but I wanna, I wanna rewind to Lent. Uh, Easter is the day on our church calendar where the Lent season actually ends. Um, and so, you know, we recognize it here. Now, when I grew up, the faith tradition I came from, we didn't recognize Lent. We didn't, we didn't celebrate Ash Wednesday. We didn't do anything with that. Uh, we didn't recognize Lent. We, we never gave up anything uh, for Lent. It was foreign to me. It wasn't until I got to seminary that I had a little bit of exposure to it. And my exposure was, why are all their foreheads dirty? I didn't understand. I was like, why? That's weird. You would think the professor would wash their face before class, but they didn't. And I didn't really understand it until I was at my first church uh, in Missouri, and I started going to our Ash Wednesday service, uh, really, if I'm being honest, because I was on staff and I was supposed to. But then after a while, it started to make sense to me. I started to understand the whole repentance aspect and, and, and giving up portions of us in order to draw closer to Jesus, in order to strengthen that relationship with Jesus. And I, and I had friends and I had people uh, that I knew that, that gave up certain things, like, and I'm not disparaging anything, anybody, but like giving up like things like coffee and chocolate and sugar and like all that stuff is, is great. And if that is the thing that you need to give up in order to draw closer in your relationship with Jesus, that is, that's awesome and God bless you. In, in my mind, I had a hard time connecting a Hershey bar with my relationship with Jesus. I mean, that was just me. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of anyone. I'm, I'm literally saying it didn't, it didn't connect for me. So when I decided it was time for me to give something up, I needed to give something up that I felt was like a little more weighty, had a little more significance, at least in my mind, in, in my spirit. And so uh, my first uh, Ash Wednesday, I, I actually gave up two things because I'm an overachiever. Um, and uh, the two things that, that I chose to give up were sarcasm and sloth. <laughs> I feel like that was sarcastic. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I figure well, go big or go home, right? You know, might, might as well. And, and I had friends that were like, hold on, you've never given up anything for Lent. And not only do you pick two things, but those are the two? 
And I'm like, yeah, no, you're nuts. I'm like, I might be. And I had, I had two friends who were like my sarcasm buddies, Jason and Blaine. And they would say things to intentionally get a sarcastic reply from me because they're jerks. And, uh, and, and I would reply with a genuine answer and they'd be like, come on, we want sarcastic fits back. And I'm like, you know what? Check back with me after Easter. He, he might make a comeback. And um, he did. And, uh, <laughs> but hopefully it's a kinder and gentler sarcastic fits. <laughs> Jaden? Yeah, that reminds me of a story too. I don't know, as he was speaking, you put yourself in his shoes and for Lent, you give us something super deep and meaningful like sloth and sarcasm. There are people like Fitz and then there are people like me who gave up coffee and caffeine for Lent, right? Anybody else in here? No. Okay, wow, I'm just that one person he was talking about. Okay, that's, that's kind of embarrassing. Well, last Lent, I had actually gave up caffeine and coffee, most importantly, for Lent because I had realized in this season of Lent that I had become fully dependent on caffeine to get me from A to B. And the only thing that I wanted to be dependent on, especially in the season of Lent, was Jesus, right? So I did, and I would love to tell you that I came here and I could testify about how I overcome temptation like Fitz did, but today's not that story. About 10 days into Lent, I was hashtag struggling, right? I was grouchy, I had a long to-do list, and I broke. And I didn't just have one cup of coffee. How many cups did I have? No, I only had two, right? I had two cups of coffee, right? And I spent the rest of that Lent thinking how much I need God's grace, right? And how without the power of the Holy Spirit, sin is impossible for me to overcome. So I got there, right? That deep, that deep response that fits it. I eventually got there, right? Um, well, my wife Amber was also relieved that I started drinking coffee, right? Because in her words, not mine, apparently I'm not that fun to be around when I don't have coffee, right? So she was encouraged when I told her that I was going to be drinking coffee again, but in better boundaries. Here's the thing though, we have all denied ourselves something. Either you have denied yourself something so you get shaped into the character of Jesus, or you deny yourself something for the betterment of others. An example of you denying yourself for, so you are shaped into the image of Christ is that you wanna treat the body that God gave you with love and respect. You realize that the Holy Spirit resides inside of you and because that is true, you are gonna treat your body better and you are gonna consume less sweets, you're gonna eat less pizza, even though I love pizza so much. It's like my I, uh, food I can't say no to. Or maybe you're someone who is denying yourself things like pride envy or jealousy because you're a people pleaser and you wanna look more like Jesus so you're giving up those things. Others of you have denied yourself for the betterment of others. An example of this could be a parent who sees their kids struggling in school so they become a full-time homeschool teacher to help bridge that gap. That parent is denying themselves to serve their kids. Or maybe you are denying yourself extreme uh, excess so you can give your money to organizations that you're passionate about. You live simply so that others can simply live. The point is, is that we all deny ourselves something. And as followers of Jesus, 
And as followers of Jesus, it is one of the most important things that we can do to grow in our faith is to deny ourselves. To deny ourselves is what we do to grow in our faith. So let's see what Jesus has to say about this. I wanna invite you and challenge you to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to Luke chapter nine and let's find out together what Jesus has to say. Yeah, now uh, prior to the passage that we're about to look at, here's, here's what's going on. Uh, Jesus has just told the disciples prior to this, I want you to go out and I want you to, to preach to people and I want you to heal people. And so they, they were being good disciples. They did what Jesus said to do. They went out, started preaching to people. People responded positively. They're like, this is cool. And they started he actually healing people, also cool. So the disciples are really pumped about what's going on. And so they come back uh, to Jesus. Now, other people have heard about what's been going on. They've heard about what Jesus has been doing. They heard about what the disciples have been doing. So like, we need to go check this out. And so they started converging on Jesus until thousands and thousands of people had gathered, 10, 20, 25,000 people gathered. And the disciples are starting to freak out a little bit because uh, people are starting to get a little hungry. There's no falafel food truck rolling up. And so like, we gotta feed these people. And you know the story. Jesus takes a, a young boy's happy meal, prays over it, breaks it, feeds like 20, 25,000 people on a hillside. And so now the disciples are thinking, okay, so, so being a disciple, following Jesus means I get to preach to people and they respond positively. I get to heal people and I get to be around this Jesus who performs these miraculous feats this is incredible. I have chosen wisely. Yes, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. But then in verse 23, Jesus takes the conversation in a little bit of a different turn. He, he, he says, you know, the disciples are riding this high. And so Jesus is like, okay, you want to be my disciple? Awesome. Here's what it looks like. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Sounds a little bit different than performing miracles and healing people and preaching to people who are receiving the message with open arms. This doesn't sound like the spiritual adrenaline boost that the disciples had been riding. So what gives? Everyone within earshot that day would have known what Jesus was talking about when he said things like take up their cross and lose their life. Because crucifixion was a fairly common and really public form of execution. They didn't do it behind city walls. They did it on a main thoroughfare so everyone walking by could see what happens to you if you break the rules. So people would have seen this. Jesus wasn't the first person to be crucified. People would have seen these executions. And I won't get into details about, about what it looked like because it's it's fairly intense. Suffice it to say, it's one of the most inhumane things that one person could do to another person. And now Jesus says, you wanna follow me? Great. Here's what it looks like. 
Are you still in? Jesus knew that daily discipleship leads to true transformation. Daily denial leads to true transformation. Jesus knew that following him is less about what we get out of it and more about the one for whom we lay our lives down. That one is Jesus, but that one is also the other in our midst. We lay down our desires for our lives, our opinions for how we think things should work out and things should play out in favor of what Jesus says and in favor of what's going to benefit the other in our midst. So true transformation in the life of a Jesus follower comes as we deny ourselves. Now, anyone who would have been familiar with crucifixion would have known that when you take up your cross and when they nail you to it, there's no coming back from it. It's, it's not like the next day you're like, man, that's smarted. If you ever get a chance to do that, don't do that. It was the worst. Still hurts. No, when you lay down your life, that was it. That was it. And Jesus says discipleship is like that. It's laying it all down. But the difference is following Jesus is a daily process. It's like the most twisted version of Groundhog Day ever. Have you seen Groundhog Day with Bill Murray where he wakes up to the same day, day after day after day with Sonny and Cher playing on the alarm clock radio? It's like that. It's like that. Discipleship is, following Jesus is like that. It's laying down your wants and your desires, allowing those to be crucified day after day after day. It's not a one-time proposition. It is a daily decision. Every time you lift your head from the pillow, you have to decide that day, will I follow Jesus? Am I going to be his disciple today? And we make that decision with how we spend our time, how we spend our energy, how we spend our resources. Just think about how countercultural that must have been to those disciples that day because they were thinking Jesus was the coming king that they were waiting for and he was gonna rule and they were gonna get to rule beside him. Instead, he says, you need to lay down your life. Instead of picking up a crown, you need to pick up a cross. That's discipleship. And it's no different with us. We often come into this relationship for what we get out of it. And we do get a lot out of it. We get forgiveness and freedom and joy and peace and healing, all of these things. And the list goes on and on. But we don't follow Jesus for what we get out of it. We follow Jesus for who we get out of it. We get Jesus. And the same Jesus says that the path to true life is to lay down our lives day after day after day. Daily denial is the path to true transformation. Fitz, I love how you say that. Daily denial leads to true transformation. And it makes me think anything that is worth following has a cost. Being a Browns fan has a cost. It costs you time, energy, jerseys, and in return, you receive sadness. <laughs> Being a follower of Jesus has a cost. You give your life, and in return, you find it. Being married has a cost. 
Like following Jesus, being married requires you to die to yourself. And in return, you receive love and intimacy at the highest level. That analogy reminds me of a gift that I got my wife, Amber, for Valentine's Day. It's a copy of our wedding vows that hangs above our bed to remind ourselves of the commitment, the vow that we made to one another. And if I'm being honest, past Jaden thought this was a great idea, right? Wow, you're gonna look up every morning, she's gonna love this, which she did, but if I'm being fully transparent, I have to look up every single morning and look at those vows. And I'm reminded sometimes of the times that I did not follow through on those vows. I made a vow to my wife that I would love her always. And there have been times when I think about it that I have put myself first. And because of my own ego or pride, I have loved myself more than I have loved my wife. And when I look at those vows, I look that I said, hey, I will create and I will enforce strong relational boundaries, strong work boundaries. And because of my own ambition, I have not enforced those boundaries. I praise God because he used those moments not to create shame in me, but to encourage me that my vows are important, but the most important thing is my relationship with my wife, Amber. And this is how it is in our relationship with God. Our vows to God matter. But if we do all of our vows and we forget God, who cares? God is the most important thing. And your vows that you make to God is the pathway about how are you going to deny yourself to become a better follower of Jesus. And in my experience, the, the more that I deny myself and the more that I pick up my cross, the better of a husband I become. For me, daily denial looks at looking at my wedding vows, looking at the vows that I've made as a follower of Jesus. And my prayer is that God would empower me with the power of the Holy Spirit to be faithful to my words, to be faithful to my vows. And like I said, the most important thing in our relationship with Jesus is not the vows that we make, but Jesus himself. And this is what it means, guys. This is what it means to deny yourself and to pick up your cross. Now, at one point or another, you have made a vow of your own. Confirmation students, you guys just made vows today. Those vows were, were to renounce evil, to accept freedom, to resist injustice, to confess Jesus as Lord and to serve Jesus. Like my wedding vows, you should put these vows above your head to remind you of your commitment and what you vowed to. And again, how good are those vows if we forget Jesus in the process? Those vows should remind you of the most important thing. And the most important thing is Jesus. Jesus is the most important thing. And because you love Jesus, you do these things, you do these vows. And when you hear these vows, when you look at these vows, you realize these vows are not about you, but about how God wants to use you to impact the lives of other people. And here's the reality. You're gonna be in places and spaces where it's going to be hard to renounce evil, to resist injustice and to serve Jesus. There are gonna be times where these vows as a Jesus follower are gonna feel impossible. They're gonna feel really inconvenient. But my encouragement to you is to remember 
Remember your vow. Remember your vow in those times. Remember your vow. Practically speaking, picking up your cross, denying yourself and picking up your cross daily can look like, look like a couple of things. Maybe you wake up a little bit earlier in the morning. You're denying yourself sleep, which if I know teenagers, they love sleep. You deny yourself sleep to spend a little bit of time with God before you go to school or before you go to work. You deny yourself comfort and you go visit the poor or you go visit somebody who's in the hospital. You deny yourself pride and you ask someone for forgiveness. Or maybe you deny yourself this feeling of doubt and you share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with someone who doesn't believe and maybe having a bad day. Daily denial is the path to true transformation. And students, students, we want you to remember this. Today is the first day that you're taking your confirmation vows. It is the day you're taking the confirmation vows. But it's not going to be the last time. It needs to be an every single day decision. Today is the day that you are taking the confirmation vows. It is the first day that you are taking them. And it's not just our confirmation students. This is true for everybody in our room. The, the day that you chose to follow Jesus was not the day that you chose to follow Jesus. That was the first day that you chose to follow Jesus. And every day you have a choice to make. Will I follow Jesus today or will I not? Because here's, here's the truth. When you say yes to something, you necessarily say no to something else. When you say yes to binge-watching Ted Lasso, not a bad idea, um, you're saying no to reading a book. When you say yes to that extra plateful of desserts, also not a bad choice, you're saying no uh, to losing weight, at least for that day. Okay, you're not necessarily saying no to, to bad things, right? When you say yes to going to a live sporting event or a live concert, you're saying no to having money to do really anything else, okay? And the same is true of the Jesus life. When you say yes to Jesus, it's a daily, it's a daily decision of saying no to a whole host of other things. Some of them might be very good things, but it's a daily denial it's saying no to your preferences in favor of the preferences of Jesus. It's saying no to how you want to spend your, your time and your energy and your resources and saying yes to the way Jesus is telling you to spend those things. It's saying no to how you want to say something or tweet something or comment on something and saying yes to how Jesus would have you say something and use your words, or not use your words. It's, it's saying no to how you want to use the power that you have, and saying yes to how Jesus would have you use them, which oftentimes is in the benefit of those who don't have the power. Every day we have countless choices to make. Will I say yes to Jesus and his desires for my life or will I not? When it's all said and done, discipleship is a daily denial of what we may want to say yes to in favor of what Jesus would have us say yes to. And when we do that, it will lead to true transformation, not just in our lives, 
but in the whole world around us. It'll change the world. And it ain't easy. Crucifixion never is. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright put it this way. Jesus didn't come with the message that if we followed him, we would have an easy life with everything happening exactly as we would like it. Just the reverse. To save your life, to have the full life, you have to lose it. In Jesus' economy, in order to save our life, the best life, the full life that Jesus offers, we mustn't hold on to it too tightly. Instead, we nail it to the cross day after day after day. So what would this community look like? What would Gingsburg Church look like? What would the church look like as a whole if we denied ourselves and picked up our cross daily? The book of Acts, which documents the start of the early church, gives this, this, this vision about what it could look like. Acts chapter four, verses 32 to 35 says this. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there was no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. The thing is, is when we deny ourselves and we pick up our cross, we all end up carrying the same cross and the burden feels less heavy. I imagine a community here in Tip City where adoptive kids and foster kids would find a place to live in our homes. I imagine a community that would feed the poor and that would clothe those who are cold. I imagine a community who would develop strong relationships with schools so that young people can grow into the full people that they were created to be. I imagine a community, because of our denial of itself, marriages would be saved, family relationships would be restored, passion and purpose for all people would be unleashed. And as a church, as Ginghamsburg Church, we would grow more into the character of Jesus, knowing our Savior, Jesus Christ, on a more intimate level. I see a future where our denial to self leads to a renewal in the church, in the community, and in the world. But there's a question. Are you willing to deny yourself? Are you willing to pick up your cross every single day? Do you want to be transformed? If you do, the pathway to that is denial. Daily denial is the path to true transformation. So we're gonna end today with a small activity. I want everyone to open up their hands like this. Open up their hands like this. And I want you to think about what are all of the things that you're concerned of. Maybe you find yourself today in a time of mourning, a time of sadness. Maybe you're thinking about your, your young kids. Maybe you're thinking about your marriage. Maybe you're thinking about your career. Maybe you're thinking about your friendships. In an act of denial, I want you to put those things in the palm of your hand 
and I'm going to pray for those things. And after my prayer, we're going to flip those hands over as an act of surrender that Jesus is going to take those things because he is willing and able to do them. So let's keep those hands open and let me pray for those things. God, I'm so thankful, not just for the people that are, that are here, but for the hearts that are open to hearing from you, Lord. God, help us to deny ourselves. God, we want control so bad, Lord. And most of the time we find when we try to gain more control, we end up losing the control that we think that we have. God, so our prayer today is that you would take all of these things in our hands, that you would empower us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that we would turn them over to you, Lord. God, help us to deny ourselves and to pick up our cross every single day. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we say these things. In Jesus' name, amen. And as an act of surrender, flip those hands over. Jesus' hands are under you. He is going to receive them. He is able to do so much more than we can do together. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I've got two invitations for you before you go. First, subscribe to our podcast so it shows up in your feed every week. And if today's message inspired you and you'd like more people to hear it, you can give a financial gift through the Ginghamsburg app or online at ginghamsburg.org.